So I'm here in China right now. Um, I came over. So just a little little background really quick. You know, my, my wife's family and my mother's side of the family are all from Hong Kong. So for the last, um, I've, I have three children now. My last one was just born in August. And for every child, we go to Hong Kong to um, give birth because my wife's family is over there and their her parents are retired. They have a maid. Maids are extremely cheap over there. Um, and it's just easier on everybody because after the birth, rather than having to um, go nonstop with three kids and having to take care of our newborn, which obviously we know don't doesn't sleep very well at night, um, you know, we have parents help, we have a maid help, nanny help, and um, overall it's just a beautiful little community they, they live in. So um, recently, well not recently, probably about three years ago, they also bought a condo in um, Shenzhen, which is the the largest city immediately after you cross the border from Hong Kong into China. And they already live kind of on the Hong Kong side, on like very close to the border. So they essentially own two properties that are right next to the border between Hong Kong and Shenzhen. And I'm at the community now, and um, this new community in Shenzhen, and it's a new, newly developed, you know, giant condominium um, facility. Um, bottom floor is nothing but commercial, retail, and then within that is a mall, a two-story mall. And then you get to about four large buildings that are, um, I would say, about 60 stories up. And each condo being about probably around 3,000 square feet and up. So they're large, large condos. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful new development. The retail space on the bottom, um, very high-end luxury type of um, services and products from alcohol to um, child care. I was um, I was just going through the mall yesterday for the first time, and it was I mean it was just mind-boggling the things that they had in there. So it, it's a mall that I don't think they even knew it when they when they purchased this location, but the mall is dedicated to children. You have child care service, piano lessons, violin lessons. You have um, golfing, virtual golfing ranges inside. You have squash courts inside. Again, all dedicated to children, okay? You have calligraphy courses inside. If you're not sure what that is, um, search it. It's um, essentially their, it's, it's like an art style of writing their, their words onto scrolls of paper using black paint, uh, black ink. So it's, um, it's, it's really cool, by the way. You got to check it out. It's um, something that they, it's kind of like meditation for them is my understanding. But, I mean, the, the mall is just gorgeous. There's, there's nothing but, like, beautiful things around it. Uh, the, whole, the whole footprint of the, of the complex is right next to an MTR station, which is their subway system. And so the location is prime, the, 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 the building is beautiful. So why am I saying all this? Um, you know, there's something that I think traveling and, and witnessing these type of things gives perspective to everybody. You know, a lot of times we get stuck in our own little bubble. And for a lot of people who don't travel, travel very often, you know, you forget how much uh, opportunity there is out there. 
how many, how much wealth there is, frankly, out there. And again, this is just one little city inside of a little, inside of a, yes, it's a big city inside of a giant country, right? I mean, there's probably places like this, you know, in every city and multiple places in every city. So in Shenzhen, I bet there's probably another, you know, three to five, you know, um, malls like this. But frankly, if you want to talk about luxury real estate, I mean, there's, man, I just look around. Every building here costs millions of dollars for every single condo, you know. So it doesn't, it doesn't end in our backyard. It certainly doesn't end in the United States. And it doesn't end in any one city. It's just like endless amounts of opportunity to to find something, find something that you want to do, find your find your opportunity to make your fortune. Um, so I love walking around these type of places, just looking at it. You know, a lot of people they get scared. Don't be don't be afraid to walk into a store and just look at the things that you absolutely could not afford. You know, I do it all the time. I love to go into luxury, um, you know, watch watch stores or clothing stores or really whatever it is, even if it's alcohol. And if you know me, I can't drink a lot of alcohol. I'm a lightweight, um, and that's that's probably an understatement. I have what you call the the Asian flush, which means that if you know after I drink a little bit, it really doesn't matter how much. I my my heart starts racing. Um, my skin gets red, um, and I look like a little tomato, essentially. It doesn't mean I don't like to drink. I do like to drink, actually, but it just stops me from becoming, I think, probably an alcoholic. Um, so, But nonetheless, you know, there's so many high-end places like that around here. I'll just go and just check it out because you get to see, you know, somebody out there created that store for these people. They They determined the layout, they, they created the design, they, they decided what should go in there, whoever, whoever created these little tasting rooms or, or high-end alcohol stores, you know, they, they're a lover of the product, and they went to extreme measures to create this place for us, and then they trained staff to greet you and to, to treat you with the service that you're going to see. So I think it's worth, you know, going in there. You can you can learn a lot from these type of places. The, the thing that you'll learn, I think, pretty quickly is the service alone is worth checking out. You want to know what these people, these super successful people are like. They understand the value in service. So if you go into one of these places, you know, embrace everything. Just absorb everything from the layout to the to the design of everything. I mean the shelves. I mean the the staircase to um, the flooring uh, to to how they to how they set everything up. And then look at the people. What are they wearing? What what are they dressed like? What are they saying to you? All of those things have been trained and prepared to do everything they can to give you the best experience possible, so that you will feel at home and most likely purchase a product, okay? So, you know, if you if you have a business, if you just work a job, there's all, still a lot that you can learn from those type of things. You know, a lot of people think, you know, as you move up the ladder, if you become, 
uh, a manager or a director or even higher in your in your company, all of a sudden now you get to treat your employees like shit, you know, or you don't have to work as hard as you used to, or you know you you get to um, act above everybody because now you have a different title. You know, some of some of the most successful people they they understand that that's not that's not something that you get to work your way out of. It's something that you need to essentially work work at your whole life. So that's I think that's one small lesson you can take from just trying new things, even things that are probably out of your reach at this very moment. Doesn't mean it has to always be that way, you know. But um, <laughs> I think we've heard a lot about the you know who your five best friends or your the people who you spend the most time with. Uh, will probably end up making who you are. You'll probably end up mimicking them or getting closer to their level on some on some way. But this is the same thing. You know, it doesn't mean they have to be your friends. They could just be people that you're around. They could just be stores or or places that you're in, right? So I'm not sure exactly where I was going to go with this, but I just you know I'm I'm enjoying a nice little morning walk right now. I went into a Burger King. Um, don't get me wrong, I've eaten lots of places here already, but, you know, there's, frankly, the Chinese people, they don't wake up too early, so I'm up at, like, 8 a.m., that's not very early, by the way, and all the stores are closed, the mall's closed, all the restaurants and all, all the other stores around here are closed, the only thing that was open was a Burger King, thank God they opened one here, I was shocked that they did, but, you know, Burger King, Starbucks, these are actually, like, nice places in China, they don't, it's not the low-end stuff you just imagine in the U.S., so, <laughs> Let me just uh, give you a little anecdote here. Went went into Burger King, and um, you know, first of all, the the people at the counter they're doing other stuff, they're preparing food and whatnot. And when I come to the counter, uh, they look shocked. They're like, um, "What do you need?" <laughs> you know, we don't we don't serve people here very often. Um, typically, what they do is everyone uses. Um, the the machines, you know, like at some McDonald's, you've already seen that they use the the ordering machines in the front. You just tap what you want, you pay right there, and you just go pick up. So I'm used to that too. I'm not too surprised. But these people, like in McDonald's in America, that's you get some, but maybe 50% there, 50% go to the counter. Here, it's like 100% use the machine. They're not used to serving people ever. Um, and that's the same way at the grocery store last night. So there's a grocery store inside this mall. That I was telling you about earlier, and you can't pay. <laughs> There's no counter. You have to download an app, and you have to pay using the app at the machine. Okay, that was a little upsetting to me. I mean, I get these people are very smart, but at some point, I like to talk to some people. I like some personal service. I don't want to, you know, stare. I already stare at my phone all the time. I don't need to do it when I'm buying groceries at the same time, but I, I think this is the direction we're going in, so I have no, no option but to adapt. Um, okay, anyways, so that was interesting, and then I sit down, I get my food, um, and next to where I'm sitting are is a charging station for your phone. So you, what do you do? You, you download an app, you, you pay for something, maybe it's free, I don't know, I didn't get it, um, and then you get to charge your phone while you're there too. Very, very ahead of the game, you know, great, great service, always thinking about 
what the people at the store need. I've never been at McDonald's in the U.S. where they offer anything like that. I'm not sure exactly what the difference is. I am at a you know a high-end area, so maybe maybe that's just what it is. I'm not sure if I went to maybe a place that's not so you know high-end if they would have those same type of services. But we'll we'll never know. So, anyways, you know, talking about this place a little bit more, um, it, it's amazing. I I actually spoke a little bit about this uh, on a little on a video I shared with my friends. But so the complex, um, the ground floor is retail. Above that ground floor are four large buildings, but the four large buildings does not take up the entire footprint of this of this entire block. Um, uh, of of property, so the rest of it, which is about I would say seventy percent of the footprint for this block and this property, is their own private park. Okay, this this is this may be kind of a hard thing for me to explain and for you to imagine, but you have you have four buildings which is situated on on a square block. Okay, it's a large block. It's a huge block. Okay, it's not like a block. A tiny block where some houses sit on. I'm talking about, I mean, this is like, I don't even know. Where are some giant blocks? I don't even know. Maybe in like Orange County or something. But um, the rest of it, about 65, 70% of this, of this block is their own private park, which is situated one level above, ground, above the ground floor. Okay. And on this, in this park, you have... Two play areas for children, one covered, one uncovered. You have a large open pool. You have lots of those kind of um, workout machines that old people like to use in the park. You know, several of those around. And then a master staircase, which takes you down to the ground level. There's few entrances to the ground level. That's just one of them. It is, frankly, amazing. <laughs> You know, first you have to think of, think of it from a developer's perspective really quickly. You have most likely the opportunity to build another another four, you know, large high rises on this property. Maybe more. Maybe you could build six. So that's a lot of money that they decided to turn down. Because obviously, if you build it, you're gonna make more money. You can you can lo- essentially lower the the price per unit. Because you're going to have a lot more volume at maybe a smaller margin. But in the end, you're going to be making a lot more money, you know. But instead, they said, well, rather than do that, let's take a little less money. Let's guarantee what we have. Let's offer them something so unique that they have no option but to buy so they decided to build just four buildings and turn the rest of it into really a paradise inside of a paradise. And I know there's a lot of hate right now for China because of um because of the Hong Kong protests. Um, I, I should probably talk a little bit about that too. I don't know if that's a good idea, but we'll do it anyway. But um, where was I going? You know, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of hate right now, but. A lot of people don't have probably have never been to parts of China or China at all. Uh, China is beautiful. China is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it is it is a paradise in terms of um, the the landscape. The landscape is just amazing. It's 
you know, you have lush trees everywhere. The the vegetation, the um, the rivers, the mountains. I mean, it has almost everything you could possibly want. And then on top of that, you know, you add you add to that that this country is newly rich. You know, it's it's now doing. Um, not not the same amount of GDP as America, but probably what seventy five percent of America, and they are just building these beautiful cities. I don't know. I wish I had a bigger vocabulary, but I'm sorry I don't. You know, these these cities are brand new. Imagine a brand brand new New York. Okay, you can you can design New York any way you want, and now you can do it any the way that you want. Brand new. Okay, new streets. New lights, new landscaping, giant sidewalks for everybody to walk down, ride your bike, large intersections for you to drive your luxury car if you want, new schools for all your children with the latest technology, okay, um, subway systems that don't screech when you're riding through them, clean, brand new, I mean, it's, it, it is heaven in a lot of ways. This is probably the last great rise of any nation. I I mean, what other country could possibly do this on the scale that China is doing it? <coughs> it's impossible. So, uh, Dubai. Dubai is probably the next closest example of a new, brand new city, you know, with everything new. Okay, anyways, I'm going to get off of that because my vocabulary sucks. So, Hong Kong people, I don't know how to say this, but, you know, I don't, I, I know they want to fight for their freedom. I, I don't, I don't even know what the solution is. You know, they, they want to vote for their leaders. They want to be in America. Um, do I think that's going to happen? Unfortunately not. I mean, listen, the fact is, uh, China is a world power. Uh, Hong Kong is not. Hong Kong belongs to China, and they have no standing army. They, um, most other countries would not come to support them if they were to be out in a full-out civil war with China. And, and if you think about what's going on right now, China's not even responding to, to the protest. They're just saying, hey, if you want to burn your own city down, you know, go ahead. And the leader doesn't seem to really care because I think she's a China puppet. Um, so, so what is going on? They just keep rioting and destroying their own city, and the people and the people that they're really trying to get a response from, they don't even need to respond. They're just like, listen, you guys live here. <laughs> if you want to destroy where you live, then go ahead. I'm not gonna stop you um, because, frankly. Hong Kong is not even important to China anymore. China has, I think, three or four major ports now, which are larger than Hong Kong. In terms of GDP, Hong Kong is, I think, the fifth largest, if you include them, in China. So they're no longer you know, either strategically needed for commerce you know, or, or politically. China's so powerful now, they just tell all the countries, listen, if you want to do business with us, and they all do, obviously, um, you cannot recognize Hong Kong as its own country, or Taiwan, or or anyone else that we believe is ours. 
Okay, it's your choice. If you want to, then don't do business with us. Nobody's gonna, de- no one's gonna deny that. So I, I just, I, I understand what they're trying to do, and I can almost relate to them because I'm, I'm a, an American citizen, and we went through our, our own independence war, right? And I, I see a lot of um, similarities to what they're doing, to what we did, but, you know, it, it's different. It, without question, it's different. You know, the history is different. But most importantly, they don't have any. They don't have any way to win. They don't have any weapons. They can just continue to burn down their own city. So I have a lot of family in Hong Kong. I have a personal attachment to Hong Kong. I love Hong Kong. I I just hate to see them do this to themselves, and I just don't see a a path forward. And you know, me and my my cousin have actually talked a little bit about this, although I I don't like to get too much into it. But I personally don't believe that you can win. If there's no leader, there's no leader right now with with these protests. They say it's a leaderless, it's a leaderless revolution. I don't think you can win that way, frankly. You know, a leaderless revolution means that, frankly, a few things. You know, the first is you have no voice. You have a bunch of different people screaming a lot of different things. And who do you know who to talk to or negotiate with if there's no leader? So how can you how can you fight your terms if if there's no one to talk to? That's number one. Number two is the people you know those people have nowhere to turn to. They don't even know who's who's leading this thing. So they're just out there fighting themselves, out there just you know destroying stuff every single day. What was the other point I was gonna make? You can tell I um I just. I, I free will a lot of these things. You know, without a leader, there's no one to turn to. There's no one to hoist up. There's no one to say, you're our alternative to what we currently have. And we're willing to vote you president if we have the opportunity. You know, the greatest vo- the, the greatest show of, of their effort would be if they got up and said, listen, we're gonna vote our own president right now. This is our guy. We're gonna we're gonna say he's the next president. You're no longer our president. You can say whatever you want, but he, we're gonna follow what this person says. That I could get behind, but it's not gonna happen. So, anyways, I'm just um, talking about things that will not happen. Anyways, I'm looking at a school right now, which is across from the complex. I'm just taking a little walk again, and um, man, these kids are so cute. You know, at first I was against the whole uniform thing because I thought that it was, you know, turns you into like a robot. But damn, these kids look super cute in their uniforms, man. I'd love to have my kid in a uniform. It kind of takes away the whole worry about, you know, what you look like. Are you cool enough? You know, what clique are you in? In like the high schools that we, that we're used to in America, right? Um... Everybody's kind of the same here. And to think that you can't have independent thinking while in a uniform is ridiculous. You know? Um, so I was just joking before while while looking, while walking through the mall because everything in there was... Gen- there's, there's like robot classes in that mall I was telling you before. There's classes that are teaching kids how to do robotics, among other things to make them geniuses. Dude, American... Schools may be number one right now, but 
they're not going to hold that position very long. The people here are just too determined. They're too hardworking. Um, they are not closed-minded in terms of thinking. They're also open-minded. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I can completely see China being the world power one day. Not militarily, maybe, maybe by GDP. I don't think, uh, I think there'll be maybe another 50 years before they catch up to the U.S. militarily. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to be a force to be reckoned with, if not already. Anyways, I'm done probably ranting for my day here in China. If I think of anything else, I'll try and speak to it. Um, okay. All right, thanks.